All right, everybody. Thanks for joining in to the Polo Show. I'm joined here with a special guest. It's Rohan. Technically, I guess we got two of us here today. We're going to dive into some 49er preview for week four and also talk about all this Jimmy G, Kyle Shanahan stuff going on right now. Got some fresh quotes to talk about, so we'll get right into that. So let's go. again everybody welcome into the polo show i'm joined today by rohan the man the myth the legend how you how you doing man i'm doing good and before we start gotta give a quick shout out i know who made this but uh, gotta give a quick shout out to my guy uh roscoe's everybody knows chris the best editor really the best guy with all this overlaid layout kind of stuff he made one for me today a thumbnail appreciate him a lot and uh you already know his work's gonna be fire when he comes up but Quick plug for him. He's probably like sitting on the couch, just getting ready to salivate over USC tomorrow. But uh, yeah. Chris, how you doing today, my man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Yeah, no, Roscoe's definitely, definitely just watching some Telenoa Hufunga highlights right now in bed, waiting to drive to a high school football game that he has no association with at all whatsoever. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. That's what you do when you're 45 years old in the USC fan. I don't even think he went to USC, actually, now that I think about it. No, he but, doesn't. He just recruits for the team for no reason. Yeah, no, he goes and pulls up with his USC visor. But listen, if you don't, if you have Twitter and you don't have a header made by Roscoe yet, hit him up. He makes the best stuff for real. Um, but we're going to dive into some Niners today. And we literally just had that press conference not too long ago that just went up. And I know a lot of people are watching it or have their two cents on some things that were said. And there was a quote in there from Jimmy G. So... He sacked himself for a safety and threw a pick six on the same play on Sunday No, he night. didn't. No, the official scoreboard says only safety. Okay. Jimmy Garoppolo well, saved the 49ers from actually, six points. Actually, let's rephrase this. Kyle Shanahan self-sacked him for a safety. Mm, we'll we'll say that according to, to some people. But anyways, after the game, he was making excuses, and people have been going back and forth. Was it a bad play call and all this? And he was just asked about it. Because Kyle, uh, an oppressor earlier this week, said that he put him in a tough position on that play with the play calling. And when Jimmy was asked about what Kyle said, when he basically took blame, Jimmy said that he he gives him credit for being man enough to to say that. What is your take on that quote, Rohan, from the Niners backup quarterback? So uh, before I go, let me just say the entire entire yes. quote uh because it the second part is as interesting as the first part he said i give kyle a lot of credit for being man enough 
to do that, meaning to admit that he, he put him in a tough spot. But I'd do the same to him too. If I mess something up, I'm willing to say that it was on me, and that leads to a good relationship and a good team. Now, the interesting thing is, like, Jimmy Garoppolo, I personally, I don't really care about, um, like, I, I don't really care about the Twitter video, the viral video as much. Like, it's a, it's an interesting headline for sure. I don't really care about what he said about Kyle Shanahan and that kind of thing, if it was intended at Kyle Shanahan. But the part where he says that if I mess up, I'll admit that it's on me. It was interesting because the first thing that he asked when when asked about his poorest performance post game uh, against Denver was a, an excuse. I haven't been with these guys in a while. Uh, I'm getting reacclimated, and it's I mean it's a fair point necessarily because Garoppolo. It's true he ha- he wasn't given a playbook in the offseason. He hasn't been really the starting quarterback up until preparation for this week. But overall. It, it, it isn't admitting that you did the wrong, right? It's admitting an excuse in a way. And so it, it'll be, I, I'm very interesting to see kind of where Jimmy Garoppolo is trying to go with this. Cause last week ahead of the Denver game, he alluded to wanting more freedom. He alluded to wanting to be a little more of a gunslinger, meaning he wanted to hit downfield throws. This was obviously after we saw in the Seattle game, him throwing that 40 yard deep out to Brandon Ayuk, which Ayuk couldn't corral. Well, Kyle Shanahan gave him a good game plan, in my opinion. He dialed those open downfield throws. Garoppolo either did one of three things. He either bred the read and bypassed the read. He either missed the read altogether, or he missed the throw in general. First play, I think it was the first drop back from Jimmy Garoppolo. Brandon Ayuk is on the left side. He's in a single receiver set. He runs about a 20, 15, 20-yard hitch. Wide open in the in between the safeties and the linebackers, nobody converges. He's the first read. Garoppolo eyes him down and then throws a check down to Debo Samuel. Overall, the play got eight nine yards. That's not a problem, right? But when you talk about the tendencies of Garoppolo, that's a thing. He he. While he's saying one thing, his play indicates that he prefers the more conservative, the check down options kind of thing. So it, it's definitely a little bit of a divide between what he's saying and what really comes out on the field. Yeah, no, and and that's what we were going to dive into also. And the whole freedom thing I thought was hilarious. And I watched your film breakdown too. It was really good. And I think it's really funny that he said, I wish I had more freedom or along those lines, basically what he said. There were so many open opportunities to push the ball right. to the field. And you just, I don't know if he didn't see it or if he saw it and he was too afraid to take the shot. I have no idea. Um, but I, that was really funny because there was back and forth where he was basically saying from the Seahawks game, like, I haven't played like that since 2017. And talking about the freedom, right? And then Kyle Shanahan was asked about those comments that Jimmy made. And Kyle was like, I, I never call any games differently. And I would go, so I would go ask Jimmy about what he meant by that. So it kind of feels like they're just not really on the same page a lot of times. Um, I think I remember there was a point last year in the playoffs. I think it was, it was either after the Dallas game or after the Green Bay game. But he had the shoulder injury. It was one of the injuries. I don't know. He had like three. Shoulder injury came during uh, during Dallas, yeah. Right, right. And basically, I think people were asking if the injury was impacting his throws. And mm-hmm. I remember Jimmy was saying it impacted every throw. And I'm pretty sure Kyle said something like, no, that wasn't a factor. So this has been going on for a while where sometimes they'll just say the complete opposite of what they're what each other saying at the podium. So 
Do you think that there is a divide and friction going on between Jimmy G and Kyle Shanahan or really just the locker room in general? Because we've heard those rumors coming out, too, about which QB some people prefer. Right. And I mean, I think a lot of people have seen the clips of Kyle Shanahan, in a, not berating, but getting on Jimmy Garoppolo on the sidelines after missed opportunities. In my opinion, since 2018, there's been a divide on the field. What do I mean by that? Kyle Shanahan has a clear vision for his offense. He schemes receivers open because he expects the quarterbacks to hit open receivers, making it easier for his quarterbacks. Does does that mean he's too involved in his offense? I don't necessarily think so, because if execution occurs, Kyle Shanahan, those receivers are getting open. Like you said in the film breakdown, we saw how many times. It was almost on every single drop back. There was a certain read early in the progression that was wide open for Jimmy Garoppolo to hit the throat, which is why it's so baffling to how the game ended up as the game ended up. Since 2018, in my opinion, I don't think Garoppolo has been a different quarterback since he arrived in San Francisco. I think he's been the same quarterback, which is why that divide has been there on the field since then. But now you add in this offseason, the awkwardness of this offseason, where we talk about, obviously, Garoppolo not being a part of the team. Then in training camp, we're seeing him exiled. He's on the backfield. Everybody, the entire team is here. Garoppolo is on the backfield just throwing uh, on his own, and fans are taking videos of this. Uh, it, like the awkwardness around the team, regardless of what Kyle Shanahan says, has been there. And so the off-the-field divide, while I don't think we can really uh, amount it to anything right now because, I mean, nobody's around them that much. I think the off-the-field divide has increased this offseason, given how the circumstances were, given how Garoppolo essentially was sacked, he was replaced, and then now is reincorporated as if nothing happened. So I think, yeah, I think there is a bit of an off-the-field divide on top of the on-the-field divide that has been there since Garoppolo has been a 49er. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think the whole locker room stuff is really weird. Um, I just don't get it. Like, when we hear that there's stories about certain veterans on the team prefer Jimmy at QB, and supposedly some are chirping around the locker room that they believe they're better off this way with Jimmy under center, I just I don't understand. Like, I don't know if it's because some of these veterans, if this is even true, just associate the winning with Jimmy, not necessarily Kyle, because Jimmy came here when the team was horrible and they had that five game win streak and then he missed 2018 and then they went directly to the Super Bowl the year he was healthy for a full season. I don't know what it is, but it's been mediocrity and I don't understand. Like, this is what you asked for, like Sunday night, what happened there? If there are truly are veterans that prefer Jimmy over Trey, you asked for this, like, Trey gives them a chance to be great. We know what Jimmy is, and he's not going to develop. Like, when people say he needs time and he's rusty and that whole camp excuse, I just can't buy into that. The dude, this is ninth season in the NFL. He's been with Bill Belichick and sat behind Tom Brady. He started at quarterback for Kyle Shanahan. He's been the starting QB for a team that went to a Super Bowl and an NFC title game with many of the same players, especially mm -hmm. like Debo Samuel and George Kittle, who are steady guys. He's had elite defenses the whole time. We know what he is. And to say that he need like when he said, I didn't have OTAs, I didn't have practices. Did, did he not practice going into week one of the season after they restructured his contract and then practice from week one going into week two and then play most of the game in week two and then practice leading up to week three. And then all of a sudden after week two, he didn't look that bad. And then week three, all of a sudden, Oh, I didn't have enough reps in the off season. <laughs> like I can't buy into that. 
Um, there's just a lot of excuses being thrown around. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of divide. It, it just feels weird. It feels like there's a different energy. Like the yeah. last few years, I felt like this team was really behind each other. Like they really had each other's exactly. backs. I wonder if part of it is like Jimmy never really wanted to be here going into this year. And this is a situation. He didn't. Side I mean, that's happening. that's a truth. Yeah, he didn't. Right. Like, I think yeah. I forget. It wasn't it was an article that came out. Garoppolo, like this, this idea of him coming back was like in the middle of training camp in the middle of August. Garoppolo told the 49ers, we're not going to do this unless there is legitimately no other possibility of me being a quarterback elsewhere. Then I'll come back on the deal. If we're being honest, Jimmy Garoppolo did not want to come here. As much as the 49ers wanted to move on, Jimmy Garoppolo himself has made it very clear he wanted to move on him with himself. Like, after last year, the way that it ended, he gave his farewell speech. He was fully intending yep. to move forward. And then at the t on top of that, he was reluctant probably at first when approached about a restructure. It's, it's pretty, pretty clear both sides didn't anticipate this happening. And when you talk about it as well, you talk about the Kyle Shanahan kind of Jimmy Garoppolo divide in the locker room. I, I don't know really what to place of the locker room. I think I don't think really they're like the temper tantrums that people are insinuating. I think it's more so boiled uh, like outside of the locker room. I don't think that that's necessarily true because th this locker room understands that they have a job to do every every time. Maybe one quarterback because of his tendencies uplifts other players compared to the other quarterback. Maybe that could be playing into it. But I don't really read too much into it because, first of all, we don't necessarily know what's going on there. And also, I don't think there's really much proof outside of this quarterback head coach situation that kind of indicates that. Players consistently want to re-sign with the 49ers. Players consistently look to, to take less money to come to the 49ers. It seems like a strong culture, and I think that that's been one of the elements that Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch have kind of uplifted into this organization since they came here uh, to make it into what it is right now. Yeah, my worry is definitely I don't know if there if it's even possible where you can have a starting quarterback who's mediocre who also doesn't want to be there. How can you win a Super Bowl with that kind of situation? Uh it just feels really weird. Uh, like that whole Broncos game, like we could I could kind of sense the disgust from the defensive players and some of the other players on offense. Um this is a great this is a great question right here. What happens first? Jimmy G throws a touchdown or I get a mic yeah, stand? Chris ain't Honestly, getting a mic stand. He ain't getting a mic stand. We might have to wait till 2023 for that. I, I, I think there's a better question, Beto. What happens first? Brock Purdy starts a game for the 49ers or I get a mic stand? I think that yeah. is more fair. I, that's you know actually what? a fair question. Garoppolo might get it. I mean, I'm not, I don't wish injury on anybody, but given his injury history, he might get injured this year. And Chris ain't getting a mic stand. It's yeah. a better chance that I turn 21 before Chris gets a mic stand. That's true. Rohan might be sitting at the bar just taking shots at tequila when the Niners score a touchdown, and I'm still here holding my mic like this up to my up to my mouth. But I just want to put this in the chat here. So we are going to have the Nick Bosa jersey giveaway toward the end. I'm going to do this exactly the same way that Mariah does it on her show. I'm just going to pick a random uh, number between 1 and 100 on a, a generator. It's going to randomly select one, but I'll have you all put your numbers in, no duplicates. And then at the end, don't have, you don't have to do it now, but at the end when we do it, whoever's closest, you'll get the jersey and I'll reach out to you. Uh, but let's keep talking, Niners. I'll leave that up there for people who are joining in and want to know how we're going to do that. Um, second thing I want to get into is the defense. This defense yeah. is so damn good. Like yeah. I, I feel like of the last 10 years, it's up there. Um, 
I don't know if it's like we look, I think like the Broncos, there's Legion of Boom, obviously. There are some, I think, all-time defenses since like I started really watching football. And I think this is one of them, but it's sad because it feels like it's just being wasted by this offense. Um, so we all know that that's the issue, right? It's not the defense. What does the offense need to do differently, in your opinion, to get going, to make sure that we can capitalize off this and not let this potential all-time Niner defense go to waste? It's truly execution. It's honestly, like, I think that's the one thing, especially when I saw the film, when I broke it down this past week, when we went through the offense, one key part was execution. The 49ers consistently had opportunities and failed to capitalize on the opportunities. And when you look at the two losses that the 49ers have had this season, I think execution has been the primary factor into why the 49ers lost both games. I understand it was Trey Lance's first start. You talk about the missed tight end uh, touchdown to Tyler Croft, right? That was a clear opportunity in the beginning. Then penalties offensively limit you. I think it's not only – I'm not only talking about quarterback play. I'm talking about a variety of factors. Receivers have to make sure they make plays. Uh, this week we had Juwan Jennings obviously have a ball on a deep play that could have extended a drive. Instead, that ended up being dropped. Now, can Jimmy Garoppolo throw a better pass so that the safety doesn't come and hit Juwan Jennings as he's catching that ball? Yes, but still, it's execution on both fronts. And because we have to talk about it, the quarterback has to play better, and I expect Jimmy Garoppolo to play better. That was one of his worst performances as a 49er. We've normally seen him regress back to the mean uh, in his performances. Yeah, you'll see some uh, decisions where you will shake your head, but I, I do expect Jimmy Garoppolo to have a bounce-back performance in Week 4 against the Rams, and I think Kyle Shanahan needs to also be consistent. It's tougher now. In a way, this game was an anomaly because – it's Kyle Shanahan's first game incorporating a brand new game plan. He can't run at free will anymore. He has to strategically choose when he wants to run the football because he can't play 11 on 11 football. Uh, obviously, we've seen how Debo Samuel's impact has been mitigated with Jimmy Garoppolo under the fold because teams expect Debo Samuel out of the backfield to run. What has Kyle Shanahan done to adapt to that? He's running routes out of the backfield, placing them on linebackers. We saw that twice in last week's game, and that creates a favorable matchup. But to me, the main thing right now is execution, and that involves quarterbacks making good plays, the receivers making uh, making the quarterback's job easy, as well as the offensive line not ruining drives by penalties or fumbles because we saw that in this last game, right? You have a first and 20 or a second and 20. You're not going to be able to run the football like you want to normally. And then when you do get to midfield, you can't have a quarterback center fumble uh, occur that kills another drive. I think that those are the two biggest factors, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Beto's asking, does Jordan Mason get one more than one snap? Oh, my God, please play this dude. I don't get it. I, I heard Tevin Coleman's going to end up being the second running back, and I get he's familiar with the system, but, bro. Yeah, I, I, I want oh, Jordan. Like, this is the one of the places where I do criticize Kyle Shanahan in a way. I do think, I mean, Jordan Mason, every time I've seen him on the field, be it training camp, be it preseason or regular season, he has done well with his opportunities. Like when you give him the opportunity, he plays well. I understand he might not have as good of a, a fixture on your system, but he needs game reps. It's a similar, I'm not saying it's a similar story than we saw with Trey Sermon last year, but he's not only a special teams guy, right? You can utilize him in different roles. And it's unfortunate because that Jake Brendel fumble, 
really, I thought, killed the momentum for Jordan Mason because he got a seven-yard carry before that. Based on how the 49ers' offensive line was moving, it was about to be a second carry. And you know how Kyle Shanahan said, I'm going to ride the hot hand with this backups. If Mason has a nice second carry, what do you think the 49ers do as they prolong uh, that drive and get closer to the red zone? You're going to feed Jordan Mason. But unfortunately, momentum killed there. And hopefully, he gets more as the 49ers look to impose their will on Monday. Yeah, no, I, I've been wanting to see Jordan Mason play. I think that also week four, Kyle's going to have to dig into his bag because they're one and two. You don't want to go one and three. And also, a bit of an ego check, you're playing Sean McVay. So I think he's going to dig, dig deep into his bag. But what made me pick Nick Bosa? I actually have no idea. I was just at work one day, and I was like, I'm going to do a jersey giveaway. And I was going to do Debo. But this was around the time we didn't know if Debo was actually going to be here. So I was like, that might be a really bad idea. So I think I somehow just landed on Bosa when I was making the decision. But what's up, Tanya? How you doing? Thanks for dropping in. Mariah said she's going to do a clearance giveaway. Jimmy G or Raheem Mostert. I'll take the Raheem Mostert. You, you know what you can do, Mariah? Take one of the three jerseys of Jimmy G that, that Davo has, and you can do a giveaway with one of those because I'm sure he doesn't want those anymore. So you actually have them at your disposal. Um, now... When it comes to the offense, one thing with Debo that, that I realized, like you were saying, like teams aren't really biting on the runs when he's in the backfield. It kind of reminds me, I don't know about you, it kind of reminds me when Kaepernick was running that read option and to stop it, teams just started saying, you know what, screw it. Stop him no matter what, every single yeah. time. And that's kind of how people took, you know, kind of negated that. And I think the big issue here that might be stumping Kyle a little bit is he did not expect Jimmy G to be here at all. He went into the whole offseason right. anticipating this is Trey's team, so I'm going to do something different. I'm going to add different wrinkles into this offense. And we saw a lot of the run plays where when Trey was in there, there was a threat that he was going to keep the ball. And, and that's that why the 49ers moved element. so well in the run game. Exactly. 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 And now <laughs> that Jimmy's there, he's not a threat to keep the ball. And also, isn't, not only is he not a threat to, to run the ball, he's not a great threat throwing the ball either. So defenses, I think, are just saying if Debo's in the backfield or if it looks like he's about to get a handoff, we're taking that out of their game plan. We're going to dare Jimmy G to throw it. That's basically what they've done the last few years. That's what the Rams did in the conference championship game. They know that he's not a threat to spread the ball around the field. He's not going to push the ball down the field. He's going to throw those little quick routes. And you know what? Teams will live with that. Teams right, don't want right. to run all over them. So exactly, I really want Debo to get going in the passing game. I think that the yak yards are something that I haven't really seen a lot of. Um, and we, if we look at just the numbers, and it's really early, but just for reference, because last year before Debo was being used as a running back, really, he was leading the NFL in receiving yards. Like people forget, he was up there with Cooper Cup, mm -hmm. and right now he's averaging about half the amount of receiving yards per game that he was last year and i think we need to see that go up because like we said teams are not really get bite on this the jet sweeps might work but when he's just lined up in the backfield like that play call uh when you're just trying you to talk about the clock the out halftime yeah yeah trying to run the clock out like i don't understand the point in that like i don't know if it yeah, was like a desperation let's hope we can get a first down or what but it just didn't really make sense because it hasn't been working and we've seen it before from Kyle Shanahan where he looks <clears throat> like he looks to to not run the clock out necessarily, but have a double entendre, try and see if you can get an explosive play out of it. And if not, you know, clock runs out, you're fine either way. If that's the case, though, I wanted an outside zone run. Get like you, if you're looking for an explosive play, 
go all in. Don't like <clears throat> sell out. Have an inside zone in a against a team with a front that's stacking the box. You know the, the likelihood of you getting an explosive play out of that. I don't think is high. Maybe go with an outside zone. Uh, you know, hold your cards because I mean, if even if you lose two three yards on a play, it's not going to hurt you. They have no timeouts. You're going to have the same result anyway. And instead, they ran them up the middle. I didn't necessarily like that game. Uh, that 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 call. If you're looking for an explosive play, I thought there were better ways to do it. But yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Who has a better game, Debo or Ayuk? I think Debo because he's playing the Rams. He's had a slow start. I always remember when Aaron Donald was like, who? And I just think that Debo ever since then has just taken it very personally. I think Debo has a game. I don't know about you, Rohan, on this one. I think I think both do. And I think Debo Samuel, the 49ers, are starting to re- – like Kyle Shanahan's really starting to realize how to use him in a way uh, differently. Because like I said, his run impact has been mitigated. So what do the 49ers need to do in a way? They either have to have two running back sets so that – like with Trey Lance, he was your – I'm against the notion that Kyle Shanahan was using him as a running quarterback. And we can maybe talk about that later. But with Trey Lance, you have two rushing threats in the backfield. With Jim Garoppolo, you only have one if you have one running back lined up. So what do they do? They have two running backs on certain sets. We saw that uh, We saw that at times where they have two running backs where they go empty. Because the two running backs obviously provide a rushing threat from either side, forces defenses to hesitate for a second. And also what that can do is if you're running a route out of the backfield with Debo Samuel, he's going to be placed on a linebacker because a cornerback, unless it's zone coverage and the cornerback has the instinctual ability to pick up whoever's coming out of the backfield, he's going to be placed on a linebacker. We saw it on uh, the throw where Jimmy Garoppolo underthrew Debo Samuel and he was open. We saw it again with Kyle Juszczyk. Kyle Juszczyk had a nice sideline catch. I think he was going up against Bradley Chubb on that play. You create these mismatches and that's, that's, I think the new way to use Debo Samuel. If you're going to use him out of the backfield, Understand that his impact might be mitigated if unless you you kind of hide the look or use him as a receiver. Yeah, and, and I want to get to this question too from Kevin. This is kind of interesting. So what about using Ray Ray McLeod in the running game and using Debo as a decoy? You could. I just wonder how do you scheme that play? Is it gonna yeah. be an end around? Like because if you're running, if you're running uh if you're in a shotgun look and you have Debo and Ray Ray McLeod as your two running backs it's going to be harder to at least get to the edge, especially now without Trent Williams to maul. You need, like, the reason, the the one issue, right, in a way with this 49ers rushing attack is everything has to be to perfection for a play to work. Every blocker, the pullers need to kind of work, uh, the tight end needs to get uh, there, and you need to have good blocks from guys like George Kittle, guys like Kyle Juszczyk, in addition to the one-on-one blocks, the complementary blocks from the offensive line, for these plays to work, especially if you're hitting the edge. So that's the thing. I wonder how you utilize Ray McLeod. Will you line him straight up out of the backfield because that doesn't give him the running start, or do you maybe potentially do an end-around, which might be a little more predictable with Ray McLeod? Yeah. And, and that's another thing I wanted to get into is a little bit about the play calling. I know a lot of people have been really critical of Kyle. I, I try to, like, I don't want to just cape for Kyle. Like, he does do questionable things. Like, I mentioned that play call going into halftime. Um, there have been some questionable things he's done. I was going to originally say, like, you know, how much blame do you assess to the offensive struggles to Kyle? Is it the O-line? Is it Jimmy G? And we can still talk about that. But also, do you think, Kyle's starting to feel maybe for the first time legitimate pressure as the Niners head coach, as Mike McDaniel goes to Miami and they look like a solid unit. 
although that whole Tua stuff is a mess. But other than that, they look like a solid unit. And now we're sitting here with what's supposed to be an offensive guru as a head coach, and we're like in the bottom twenties in certain offensive categories. In the scoring offenses, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll 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 address this question in different ways. First, starting with the Kyle Shanahan pressure part. I don't think he's feeling any pressure. For being honest, he can't get fired this year if the 49ers even have a yeah. losing record. I don't think he gets fired. I think there's more reason maybe for the 49ers to fire Lynch if there is a discourse between the two. I think John Lynch is the first to go compared to Kyle Shanahan. I think Kyle Shanahan's the guy that they keep, and they might have a guy he might be more comfortable with if there is a discourse and if the 49ers have a losing season, that is. But I don't think Kyle Shanahan's seat is hot. When you talk about Kyle Shanahan and assessing blame, at least when you talk about the Broncos game, I thought Kyle Shanahan did a pretty good job. There were a couple of questionable plays. At first, initially, I had placed a good amount of blame on Garoppolo for the safety, and I still do because it's uh, as a veteran, you have to understand where you are on the field. But understanding the play, talking with a couple of people, it seemed like it was a wide leak. It was a very aggressive play call for the situation because you have to allow the play to develop. It's the play that Trey Lance missed Tyler Croft for the touchdown where you have to wait for that tight end to develop. Now, what I would have liked was Jimmy Garoppolo to still hit Brandon Ayuk, the first read, uh, not the yeah. first read, but the first open guy looking straight there. Instead, he tried to hit the first read on the play, let the play develop. And so that's where I place blame on Kyle Shanahan in a way. You can't necessarily have such an aggressive look, especially in such a tight game in that situation, knowing how heavily the Broncos have tried to pressure you in that situation. So I'll place the blame half-half there. But in overall aspect of the game, I think Jimmy Garoppolo just didn't execute in this game. But as for the part of Kyle Shanahan where I place the blame, I think his play calling has been pretty, pretty solid. Even in the run game, I think his play calling has been pretty, pretty solid. But his choice of quarterback, that's all on him. Kyle Shanahan, the issue that he's had, right? We talk about, uh, we praise him, right, for uh, doing what he's done with below average quarterbacks. But when you talk about Jimmy Garoppolo, he has chose to have Jimmy Garoppolo back in 2017. Everybody knows how Kyle Shanahan obviously passed on Mahomes, passed on Deshaun Watson to get Kirk Cousins, and then didn't even settle for Kirk Cousins and said, went and traded for Jimmy Garoppolo in that year. And I don't know who wanted it. I don't know. Like, I'm not going to speculate. That's not my job. But, like, he wanted Jimmy Garoppolo. Bally passed on a better quarterback in Kirk Cousins, who we could have likely gotten in the offseason, and instead paid Jimmy Garoppolo the biggest contract in NFL history. Then after that, 2020 comes rumors about Tom Brady. It seems like Tom Brady would have very much welcomed a return home to San Francisco. The 49ers stuck with Jimmy Garoppolo, despite him not having any, de uh, not having any guaranteed money really, because that was, I think the third year that he was into his contract. So it was either that or like minimal uh, guaranteed money. And you could have traded him too. Right. And then they finally make the move for Trey Lance, three first round picks. Kyle Shanahan finally goes in a different direction, but I think the quarterback situation, you can blame Kyle Shanahan for that because he's chosen to stuck, stick with mediocrity. He's made it work. They've gone to an NFC championship in the Super Bowl, but he's chosen to stuck, uh, stick with mediocrity for a long time. And that's where you can put, place the blame for him because the, there's a reason execution isn't happening. It's because you have mediocrity at quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo is an average NFL quarterback. And so to me, yeah, I, I think that that's the place where you can place Kyle Shanahan's blame on yeah, no, I, I agree there, and I'm going to get to my point really quickly. But first, uh, we have to talk about the bone, uh, the boning that Ray is giving Kyle um, based on the penalty yards. Uh, yeah, no, that was a – I think – I just I've think gone back and forth on this. I want to hear what you have to that. think. Yeah. 
I understand why he made that decision. Um, and I get it. People want Kyle to be more aggressive. Um, I think that he trusted oh, his he's offense saying the only more. blame, not the only bone. Uh, <laughs> we can we can leave that context. I like out. bone. I like yeah, I, I, I like the boning part. I think that sounds better. But uh I I think that um I think he trusted his offense to do more than he ended up getting, and that's why he thought, you know, we we can stick with this. Uh I think he thought in that moment three points is not gonna be very bad. The defense is playing really well. We should definitely score more than ten points tonight. I think that was kind of his mentality. Um but I think as we start to get later in the season or if the playoff stakes start to get a little tighter, because right now they're sitting at one and two, right? Like that's why I think week four, he's going to call a more aggressive game in certain moments, just because you have, to, you can't fall to one and three. So now I feel like we might start seeing these more aggressive decisions from Kyle, but I think he really just expected Jimmy Garoppolo to not have one of the all time, most boneheaded plays in starting quarterback history. I've never seen that live. Like, I saw the Dan Orlovsky one, but this mm-hmm. was another level because not only was it a safety, he threw a pick six. Like, that was really you know bad. what? Give Jimmy Garoppolo credit for having the intangibles that just can't be quantified by saying, you know what? I'm about to throw this pick six. Let me, let me negate it by just stepping out of bounds so that I don't allow a touchdown. Incredible leadership. Yeah. Um, but, but on this play, yeah. I mean, for me personally, like you said, I can understand it. I think I've gone a little less bullish on the idea because you had a defense that was working. But, I mean, we've seen Russell Wilson cook, right, on those third and long situations. The problem mm-hmm. isn't even Russell Wilson converting a third and 18. The problem also is a penalty. You don't want a penalty to occur, mm-hmm. be it whatever penalty that might end up in a first down. That gives them the momentum. But, again, one thing that you blame Kosh, not blame, but one thing people have called out Kosh Shanahan for is coaching scared. He, uh, I saw a, a graphic where the 49ers are one of the worst teams in like go for it situations. Yes. Um, uh, some, I forget exactly what it was, but it makes sense. The 49ers punted on fourth and one, fourth and two, fourth and three near midfield. They've been a conservative team. And the, tr- the supposed lack of trust that Kyle Shanahan doesn't have in his quarterback is on Kyle Shanahan because he handpicked that quarterback and stuck with the quarterback, right? So that's kind of how I, I think about that. And that lack of trust is what I actually want to touch on because this is one thing we were actually talking about in the space earlier today. We were talking about with Jesse and Kevin was in there. I wish Kyle instilled more belief into his players. Like we were, we were kind of talking about Shanahan and McDaniel. And one thing Jesse pointed out was oh. the difference between both of them is that McDaniel, the way he is with his players and his locker like room Tua, is you mean totally specifically, different. right? Yeah, yeah. Especially, well, Tua, but really anybody, but especially Tua. Like all the stuff he's been saying like i've seen mcdaniel do interviews and i feel like he's got to be lying but he's doing it anyways because he just wants to instill confidence as quarterback saying yeah he's the most accurate passer i've seen like when he says stuff like that even though we can all kind of sit there and be like come on man the most accurate you've ever seen but but at the end of the day instill belief into your quarterback and he was letting him throw the ball it's amazing what happens when your young quarterbacks throw the football but also it just feels like Kyle has like this really like hard ass type of mentality where like everything's earned. Like, and a good point Jesse also brought up was when Jim Harbaugh was the coach, the way he would mm-hmm. go slap the pads and, and, and the helmet of like Alex Smith and Kaepernick, like that connection, I don't really see with Kyle. Uh, and I feel that lack of trust 
just as a fan watching it at home. So I wonder what that dynamic is like in the locker room among these players and guys like Trey Lance or Jimmy G and how it affects them. That's one thing I really wish Kyle was coached a little differently. Um, I don't know if that's like intentional or what, but I, I personally wish they would just show a little more belief him more specifically, but I think it's interesting. You said that John Lynch could, could be closer to getting fired. And, and I, I wonder, mm. you know, people have been calling for that one. Uh, a lot of people, especially during the off season. Um, yeah, Adam Peters, I mean, I, I wouldn't Peters be surprised. Oh, with Peter stepping up, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't like there was an idea I floated way earlier in the offseason about Lynch being moved up and then Peters being there. I that, I don't think that that's fathomable. The reason is it's too much of a power struggle in that case. Yeah, because you're essentially giving more power to, uh, to Adam Peters while seeding not necessarily seeding John Lynch's power. I don't think that that's fathomable. It's going to be one or the other. And, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, right? And not even Adam Peters. Um, but there, there are certain candidates that um, I'm sure Kyle Shanahan would like, right? If Adam Peters does get a job elsewhere, a guy that's been linked to the job that I think Kyle Shanahan has a good relationship with is Lewis Riddick. He, like, there yes. could be other candidates. And, I mean, this is a topic for another day because, not obviously, I don't think anything happens uh, this season, right? It'll only happen in the offseason if anything happens. And, uh, again, that's contingent on a, a several factors. But, yeah, it, I think it, I don't think Kyle Shanahan, his job is at all in, uh, in jeopardy, uh, especially because yeah. he has the extension until 25. Yeah, it would have to be a total dumpster fire for one of them to get fired um but let's dive into the week four matchup so we're playing the rams we've won what is it six of the last seven i don't yeah. even remember six of the last seven six all the last six regular season and then we right. lost obviously this year so six to seven right so looking at this matchup and obviously trent williams is gone so that's going to change things i don't really know who we expect to try to step up there jalen moore please i do not want to see this guy take the field at left tackle but how do you see this matchup this year compared to last year? What are you expecting going into this game on Monday night? Yeah, I think rosters, roster wise, they're different. The Los Angeles Rams, people, Lambs, don't Lambs. Oh man, <laughs> you called I them slipped. the Lambs. Rohan slipped up. He called oh, them the no. Lambs. <laughs> the Los Angeles Rams. The funny thing is, oh, oh boy. Twitter about to go crazy, but no, yeah. the Los Angeles Rams obviously have had a bit of a change, uh, a shift, right? <clears throat> Not necessarily in their culture, but with their roster. Andrew Withwork is no longer there. Joe Noteboom, their new left tackle, a guy who's been fairly hyped up and has been a fairly solid backup for them uh, for year uh, for the past couple of years, now is third in the NFL with 11 pressures allowed this season. He hasn't necessarily been one of the better left tackles there. That transition hasn't gone as smoothly. Overall, the offensive line hasn't looked as good. Rob ha Havenstein having a bit of a down year to at least begin. No Austin Corbett, no Brian Allen at center. You have new pieces. I think it's David Edwards at left guard. <clears throat> I think Brian Allen is out for the game. Uh, I, I forget. Uh, I think at center. So you're, you're having new pieces. And on top of that, it's a new right guard as well this year. They had a competition in the offseason between Logan Bruss, who unfortunately tore his ACL, and forget his name, but um, there, there's another right guard there. But point being, new offensive line, and they have struggled at times. We saw it in training camp. We saw it in the regular season a, a little bit. And the 49ers have a strong defensive line. But I think you can make that argument for the 49ers as well, right? A newer offensive line. I think the 49ers offensive line is better, even right now. I think I said that they'd be a better unit at the end of the year, but I think they're better right now. Uh, still, the Rams got Aaron Donald. 
but no Von Miller anymore. So right. it's it's a bit of a new matchup kind of thing, which is beneficial given that Colton Lekivitz is going to play instead of Trent Williams at left tackle. But overall, I think a majority of this, uh, this, this dynamic is the same. You got the same head coaches who have figured out each other's systems in a way, uh, having played each other so much with similar quarterbacks to last year and a similar infrastructure and system. So we'll, we'll figure it out. Uh, we'll see how this game goes. But at the moment, I think the 49ers are trending upwards despite the amount of injuries that they've faced. You know, I do too. I still like this matchup because I look at it. If, if I look at last year, I know they got Bobby Wagner, but you can't equate a good linebacker to a good edge rusher. It's just a different impact yeah. in the game. Not having Von Miller, uh, that's hurting them. And also not having Odell on offense to open things up. That chemistry between Stafford and Allen Robinson is just not there. Uh, so it's really just he really only wants to throw to Cooper Cup. And yeah, he's throwing exactly. a lot because they can't really run the ball. And I think that if they can't really run the ball and the Niners and their new look secondary this year with their pass rush. I think Matt Stafford is going to be a sitting duck for a large portion of the game. I think that bodes mm -hmm. well if he's out there slinging it because he's also mistake prone himself. He does turn the ball over and um, this is the best defense he's going to have to face so far this season, in my opinion. So I do like them in this matchup still. My worry mostly obviously is I left tackle um, and just Jimmy. Like you, you got to have a bounce back game. And that's not even asking that much. It's funny. When we say, like, Jimmy, can you please play well? We're really saying, like, can you just play average? Like, just take care of the ball. And I got to say, if there's one new thing, I might have to guarantee one interception to Bobby Wagner. That is the only new wrinkle in this matchup. It, it might, I might have to place my own bet that it's going to happen at some point in the game. Uh, yeah. But other, other than that, I really do like this matchup still. Um, if you won six straight, obviously, I think it's like Shanahan just kind of has McVay's number in a way. Uh, even last year in the championship game, it's not like they got blown out. Like they were right. winning. They were pretty much in control of that game. It was 17 they, to seven. They blew and then, a lead. And they yeah. blew it. So I do still like this matchup and, and Hufunga has been balling out. So that's going to be cool to see how he matches up in, in, in this game against the Rams. You really just got to slow down Cooper cup as much as you can. Um, right. I don't know how you would like to see them cover him. I know some people want Ward to just travel with him. I don't know your thoughts on that. Charverius like Ward? Them cover? Yeah. Charverius. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. But so. um, yeah. So when we talk about it, let's let's look at the defenses because you talk about Cooper Cup and generally. I'm I'm speaking generally first. The 49ers have allowed two big big receiver uh, games in the past two weeks, and they have yeah. done fantastically defensively. Right. You talk about week two. Tyler Lockett had like 11 catches and over 100 yards in that game. Uh, you talk about week three. Cortland Sutton had eight catches for 97 yards. Overall, the 49ers defense gave up nine points combined in those two games. The 49ers, the point I'm making, the 49ers have done well in <clears throat> forcing shorter gains. And so while receivers have bigger gains, the offense for uh, opposing offenses just can't move uh, as well, which has obviously benefited the 49ers defense, getting them off the field. And that's that's something to, to note. On top of that, you look at the Rams defense. I think they're a bit tad a bit overrated right now. So far on third down, they've been struggling. They're the 23rd best team in opposing third down conversions. They've allowed a third down conversion on nearly 50% of uh, opposing tries. I think the actual number is around 47.3% in the first down. While the 49ers defense, Swang Song just put it out there, they're first in three and outs, right? They, the 49ers defense has shown a propensity for getting quickly off the field, while the Rams defense has allowed teams to prolong their drives with the amount of third downs that they've given up. Now, 
if the 49ers can play disciplined football, like uh, limit the amount of penalties and turnovers, like you said, they should be able to move the ball despite their putrid third down numbers last week. I expect them to regress to the mean given the matchup. And when you talk about the Rams, their biggest loss was Von Miller. Their biggest addition was Bobby Wagner. Now, Bobby Wagner is a great addition for the run game. And I think it's shown so far the Rams are allowing only 3.8 yards per carry. But in the passing game, the 49ers, I think, should still be in a in a better shape. Bobby Wagner <clears throat> isn't the, his old self in the passing game, at least. And, yeah. and I, I, that's not a slight at Bobby Wagner. He's still a good player, but I think that he isn't his old self in the passing game. I don't think they have a linebacker really that is proven super capable to defend as well in the passing game with the <clears throat> with the understanding of man coverage and zone coverage. And the 49ers exploit linebackers better than any team in football. We saw it last week. Kyle Shanahan targeted Josie Jewell a good amount, even on that. Uh, last Jimmy Garoppolo sack that he took, what did he do? He lined up Brandon Ayuk in the slot where Josie Jewell had to cover him on a one-on-one route. And so if teams want to uh, create pressure, if teams want to blitz, if teams want to stack boxes, what's that going to do? Create favorable matchups, one-on-one matchups all across the board. We saw that in the Denver game. And that also means if you place a guy out of the backfield or if you place a guy maybe in the slot, he's going to go against a linebacker, which is, favorable for the 49ers yeah yeah no it is swan song so i'm gonna whoever wins it i'm gonna order it in your size and just ship it directly to you so good question there for anyone wondering um yeah no i i like i said i really do like this matchup i think it's also perfect that if the niners were going to start one and two which i hate that they always start slow i think it's perfect shanahan's facing sean mcveigh because like i said it just seems like he has his number uh i think this is a game where like I said, if he's going to dig deeper into his bag, I think we do see Jordan Mason a little more. I know people are talking about mm-hmm. Tevin Coleman. I know Marlon Mack might get in the mix, but I think Jordan Mason, considering he was there in camp, and you were there at camp too, and, and you can talk about this if you want, about how Jordan Mason looked during camp, and obviously we all saw him in the preseason. I think that's someone where if Jeff Wilson goes out there and struggles a little bit, or if he mm-hmm. had a, like a bad day in practice this week, I could so see Shanahan giving Jordan Mason some run. And, you know, if he has a nice run, give him another. If he has another good run, give him another. and Just kind of ride that hot hand because Jeff Wilson did fumble at the end of the game there. And I know it wasn't his fault that they lost the yeah. game. But the way Shanahan is, that might he might hold him, hold that against him a little bit going into this week. Uh, so I, I, I'm really intrigued to see uh, what changes they make offensively because obviously that needs to be Tevin the Coleman. Tevin Coleman better get called up probably. No. I think Marlon Mack probably goes inactive for this game and Tevin Coleman probably gets brought up and you have your three there. We'll, we'll see though because Marlon Mack didn't get a single touch last week. It was interesting that they that they called him up because I don't think – I think you only get three call-ups per player per season now with the new rules <clears throat> from the practice squad. Marlon Mack uh, – Marlon Mack is, I think he's the one on the practice squad, uh, and he got elevated for the game. But he doesn't play special teams. He played three special team snaps. Uh, that's only 11% this past week. He's not a special teams player. Jordan Mason's the special teams player. So if you're elevating a back, I'd expect that back to get a good amount of volume because your special teams running back is already on the active roster. Yeah, no, that, that's true. And, and Raymond brings up a good point. Bobby Turner's back with the team. Yeah, how does that bode well for Jordan Mason or not? And and I don't think uh, they really said. I don't know what don't they know. if they really we'll said see. what yeah. his role is or what he's doing. I know he's helping with the offense, but yeah. they haven't really specified exactly what his duties are yet. So I wanna I wanna look into that over the next few days. But um, 
let me see here. I saw something else in the chat. Oh, it was just Peter saying it guarantees that it will not fit him. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. To Raymond's point real quick about Bobby Turner being back, does it bode well for Mason? I don't necessarily know. I think Anthony Lynn has shown a good amount of support for Jordan Mason, and yet yeah. the role has been as the role has been. Bobby Turner has never coached Jordan Mason, right? He's a rookie, and <clears throat> I think it's just uh, – I don't think it, it, it necessarily bodes well for anybody over anybody. Turner has just been he, – he like he – when you talk about TDP, when you talk about Jordan Mason – both of those guys, Turner's never worked with, right? He wasn't there this offseason because uh, of his uh, surgery. So he hasn't worked with either of them. He's worked with Tevin Coleman more, and he's worked yeah. with uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. more than uh, those two. But I don't think that necessarily places a big role, given Turner just came back. I don't think that that really is a big role. I think it'll still be relying on Anthony Lynn uh, for for kind of like that kind of development. Yeah, no, I agree. But I got to tell you, man, the, the Tevin Coleman thing, it makes me nervous. And you know what it makes me nervous about. The, these injuries, we are one high ankle sprain away. Didn't Danny Gray just get hurt? Didn't he hurt his hip? Hip injury. Yeah, DNP today. I I saw this uh, earlier. I think, um, uh, I forget who asked this, but I think, oh, it was KP up from Niners Nation. Where are these injuries coming from? Like, that's the injury diagnosis. No like Danny Gray, are you telling me he got injured in like what? He probably played like 10 snaps probably in the game. I'll check it up right now. Are you telling me he got injured on one of those snaps or is he getting injured in practice and we just don't know? Danny Gray played six snaps this past week. Are you yeah. telling me he got injured on one of those snaps? Are you, like 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 the Ark Armstead injuries there, but where, where did Javon Kinlaw get injured? Was it in the game? Was it lingering from the previous week? I know he got dinged up the previous week, but he he seemed like he was playing regularly in this past game. Where are they getting injured? And like, I, I, I don't know if it's necessary, but you know, you, you hope that they come out and say that at least. Well, Rohan, I'm gonna tell you this: with these injuries, he's coming every day. Every day is getting closer to coming. Pause. But you know who I'm talking about? Mohamed Sanu, baby. He's yeah, coming back. Mohamed he's Sanu. gonna get. He's gonna get a phone call. It's gonna happen, and we're gonna. Is he watch still in? Uh, he got cut, right? He's not he's in with Miami right now. He's definitely – yeah, he definitely got cut. I don't think he ever got picked up, so I'm pretty sure he's available. So I'm just – I'm it's telling you. It's bad that the, the, the Miami Dolphins picked uh, River Craycraft over Mohamed Sanu. Yeah, he's a free agent. Yeah, and he caught a touchdown last week. You know how sick that makes me to see Trent Sherfield, River Craycraft just producing – and we're yeah. struggling to get a first down against the Denver Broncos with all pros on our team. That makes me sick to my stomach to watch the South Beach Niners. Okay, but here's what we're going to do next. So we're going to get into our keys to victory. I have three. You can have however many you have. But over the next like 10 or so minutes, uh, put a number in the chat between 1 and 100. You cannot have any duplicates as anyone else. So just put it in the chat, and I'm going to randomly generate a number. Whoever's closest to it. I'll reach out to you or you can reach out to me and we'll coordinate getting you the Nick Bosa jersey. So we'll do that all the way through to the very end of the show. Let's go ahead and start putting the numbers in. I'll do my best to keep track and catch all of them. Just make sure you don't have duplicates. But Rohan, keys to victory against the Rams. What do you got? All right. So we can go, since since there are three, we can go one, 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 one in a way. I'll start with awesome. the first one. I think it's the one that's glaring most to me. And I talked about it briefly earlier. Third down conversions. 49ers went one of 10 on third down conversions last week. Mm -hmm. and that one was a good throw from Garoppolo to Juwan Jennings. But I broke down all the third down conversions. There was a variety of failures on execution, be it uh, – 
with the offensive line, be it with the quarterback play, be it whatever reason it might be. There was a variety of execution issues. Like I said, the Rams right now are 23rd in a, a opposing third down conversion rate because they've given up third down conversions on nearly 47% of tries. That's a significant amount. The 49ers hopefully should get back to the mean to where Trey Lance had third down conversions in week one uh, going 8-17. to 17. If you get 8-17 to 17 on third down conversions, that's a pretty good rate to me. And also, uh, as an add-on to that, third down conversions, what do they do? They prolong drives. 49ers, I'll get to my second key after this, but third down conversion rate, that's where I'm starting. What about you? Okay. Yeah. Swan, I see, I see, let me double check something really quickly. Swan, I see yours first on your end. So Ray, pick a different number. That's what I see is I have Swan at five. Um, yeah. My first key, get Debo Samuel in rhythm. Uh, the running plays are not working. I think it's got to be done through the passing game or unless you can find new wrinkles and new ways to get him involved in the running game. But listen, this dude is a huge reason we got to the playoffs. He essentially carried our offense last year. He dragged us there, but we have a better team this year. That's the way I look at it. And I don't want it to have to turn into Debo has to drag us to the playoffs again. I think we're better than that. The defense has improved. I do think we have some extra depth at the at receiver. Um, I know Danny Gray's hurt, but also Ray Ray McLeod. I do like the idea of getting him involved a little more wherever they can. Um, yeah. Juwan Jennings stepped up toward the back end of last season. And George Kittle's back, and I want to see him get involved more. But Debo Samuel does need to get involved either way. He is your first team all pro. You did just give him a big payday. You got to make sure that you're getting him involved in the passing game. I don't know how that is, but most important things, you got to get him in situations where the yak opportunities are there. And of course, Jimmy needs to hit those throws, but get that part of the game going uh, because you are kind of struggling and you have lack of depth of running back. I don't want that to mean you're just forcing carries to Debo Samuel though. So get him involved in other ways. That That's my first key. I don't know. What's your second? Yeah, so I was talking about third downs and how they prolong uh, certain drives, correct? And so to me, uh, what kind of goes hand in hand with that is um, time of possession. Because if you're prolonging drives, you're forcing the opponent defense to stay on the field, which means your defense gets a bigger rest. So far, the 49ers have done pretty damn well, which you you would insinuate from the stats. The 49ers have, uh, like, statistically, the 49ers have outgained opponents pretty much. You saw it in the Bears game where they outgained them by a significant amount of yards. And even in the Broncos game, <clears throat> Jimmy Garoppolo, surprisingly, threw for more yards than Russell Wilson. And I do believe the 49ers had close to or a little more rushing yards than the Denver Broncos did in that game. They, they, they do well, and so far they've uh, <clears throat> had a time of possession of about 33 minutes per game, whereas the Denver Broncos oh, – sorry, not Denver Broncos, the Los Angeles Rams are 25th in <clears throat> the possession uh, or average time of possession. They, they do give up uh, average time of possession of 31 minutes and 35 seconds so far. And so what does that mean? The 49ers control that kind of part of the game. If the 49ers can – kind of utilize the formula that they've used in the previous matchups to win this game, which means win on third downs, get time of possession, then they can control the game pace and they can dictate uh, kind of how this game goes. I think that that's a huge key to this game as well. Time of possession on its own, I don't think necessarily, but when you tie it in with prolonging drives with third down conversions and potentially turning drives that end in field goals to touchdowns, I think that that's where the big uh, impact comes from. Yeah, no, for sure I agree. And keep keep Matt Stafford, keep Cooper Cup off the field when you can. Uh, remember, everyone, la last call, we only got a few minutes left, so make sure you have your numbers in between 1 and 100, just no duplicates. So make sure you don't have the same as someone else before you. My second key to victory is 
whoever's playing left tackle, which I believe it's going to be Colton McKivitz, you just need to be steady. You can't, you can't go out there and just be terrible. I don't like, obviously no matter who's stepping in, you're not going to fill in for Trent Williams. You're not going to be able to make up for the production that he gives them, but you just need to not screw up. That's the way I see it. Just be serviceable. Don't, you know, miss a stunt. Don't miss your Simon pass protection. Uh, Jimmy G is not a mobile guy and McGlinchey has struggled at times in pass protection. We've seen certain plays. It would be really, really just a nightmare if both sides of the line are just collapsing in the pocket because Aaron Donald's already going to have to be dealt with in the middle. So I'm assuming you're probably going to have to double him because he's going up against some inexperienced interior linemen. So if you're on the left tackle side and and Aaron Donald's in the interior, you got to hold your own on whatever you're seeing out there. So um, mine is steady play at left tackle. Not great, just steady. Be serviceable. Yeah. I mean, that's fair, right? That's that's uh, that's what yeah. you hope for. Obviously, the 49ers got it from Colton McKibbitz back in week 18 last week, has mm-hmm. played in a crucial time. And so leading to my third one, I think, uh, I mean, there are, you could obviously go with the, the regular uh, win the turnover battle because that's going to be important. Matthew Stafford has thrown five interceptions. The 49ers obviously haven't necessarily been a turnover-prone team, but Jimmy Garoppolo has made some head-crashing mistakes that have resulted in turnovers. But instead... Uh, I think I'm going to go with <clears throat> defensively. I'm going to just focus on one specific player and have him try and continue to dominate his play. That's Talano Hufanga. The reason is Hufanga has excelled in that robber role. And Cooper Cup, what he likes, he likes to work the intermediate side of the field. He's really good in both the short, intermediate, and deep, all three facets of the field. But he likes to work the intermediate part of the field. Talano Hufanga has erased uh, some receivers on in-breaking routes, uh, especially when Fred Warner's tasked elsewhere. Talano Hufanga has done a very good job picking up, utilizing his short uh, short uh, field burst. And so to me, I think he's going to be important because while I don't think that he's just going to be the 49ers are going to just say, yo, go one-on-one against uh, Cooper Cup. I don't think that's a recipe for success. But with the way that they utilize their defense, I think he's going to be a key factor in helping limit the impact that uh, Cooper Cup has on this game as one of the players uh, with the 49ers defense. Yeah, no, I totally agree. All right, I'm going to get into my takeaway or my, my final key to victory. And then after that, we'll go ahead and do the giveaway. Um, I think it's only right though. I do my final giveaway oh, in, no. in, uh, oh, no. We're the way that the show this done. way, huh? Here, here we go. I'm going to do this in, in the Rohan voice. So you guys don't really know that I filled in for Rohan many times. You just don't even. Yeah. Know he fills okay. in on my show a good amount. Like, uh, like a yeah. lot of times you'll see my camera go off sometimes. And that's when I'm just saying, yo, see Polo, you got to hop in for a minute. Yeah. All right. Well, my third key to victory for the San Francisco 49ers in week four, I just need to see good quarterback play from Jimmy Garoppolo. He needs to have a bounce back game, not looking for him to, you know, go off, throw for 400 yards and throw a touchdown and go full Italian stallion on the LA lambs. That's right. I called them the lambs and I did not slip up. I just need Jimmy Garoppolo to just, you know, not step out of the back of the end zone and throw a pick six, uh, maybe not throw in a double coverage, see wide open guys down the field. If he can just be serviceable and not be, completely ass like he was in Sunday night last week. I think the Niners have a great chance at victory uh, this next Monday night. But that is my last takeaway. Um, I, you know I had to do it at some point. There was no way I was going to go this whole show without doing it. But Save the best for last. Exactly. But let's go ahead and do the giveaway. So I have all the numbers down. And the number that this generator came up with is... I don't know if you guys are going to be able to see this. But it's 46. All so right, 46. I think 
Let's see. I had. So we have. A I think it's Tanya. I think it's Tanya. With the fifty-five. Okay. Not. I think so too. Oh, that's so close because Mariah picked thirty-five and Tanya picked fifty-five. So that was that was. Oh, but one, because it's forty-six, it's one off. Damn. One off. Wow, that was close, Tanya. You got. Nick Bosa jersey that was close. I'll reach out to you, Tanya. Congrats and thank you to all of you for supporting and just being here and uh, tuning in. You know, you don't have yeah, to be this, sitting this here. Family on a here is, this family it's here awesome. is great. Yeah, it's awesome. We get a lot of support in the Niner community, and you know, I do my shows on Fridays, and I know a lot of people like to go wild on Fridays, and um, you know, you don't have to be sitting here for an hour, but you do anyways. And I get it. I'm gonna get plastered after this. So, anyways. I'm going to go ahead and reach out to Tanya in a few minutes to get that all squared away with you. But thanks, Rohan, for jumping on the show. Um, this is awesome. I'm sure we'll do more down the road. Uh, it's funny. I actually told Marco in his mentions, I was like, dude, if we ever did a show, it would be called the Marco Polo Show, and that would just be hilarious. Yeah, so you guys have point, to. It's and probably like, going to happen. You can just fill in for me on one of our episodes, and we'll just flip the name from 49ers Red Zone to Marco Polo again. It, 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 exactly, exactly. But thank you for joining on on Friday. <laughs> Um, go ahead and tell the people where we can find your material. I mean, everyone here might already know, but tell us your socials, what you got going on right now. Yeah. So, I mean, you can search up my name. That's my YouTube channel. Uh, obviously we're trying to get back in the groove, had a episode earlier today with Sunil. We'll probably go live after Wisconsin Badgers play. <clears throat> I, I got that coverage tomorrow. So after the game, we'll probably go live and talk some more 49ers, a quick preview again, uh, before the game starts. Hopefully Marco will come on for that. We'll figure it out. But, Chris, always appreciate you, obviously, uh, <clears throat> telling me to come on here. Always appreciate talking with you, be it on Spaces or be it here. And, yeah, always appreciate the chat, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you to all of you. And go Niners Monday night. We'll see you on the next show and see you in Twitter Spaces. But have a good Friday night, everybody. Are we seeing a rant from Chris or are we going to see some I told you so's? Uh, you're going to see a rant from Kevin if we lose. Okay. But we'll see you all. <laughs> <That'd be> lovely. <laughs> Oh, I, I'm looking forward to it. We'll see, we'll see you all. Go Niners. Jones and big middle linebacker Fred Warner made the stop.